month on the EM Stud podcast. I'm Scott Wieters coming to you live from the center of the universe recording studio, otherwise known as my office. So on EM Stud, we're going to start a new series and we're going to discuss what I want to be when I grow up. So a lot of people think that emergency medicine is basically working in the ER, seeing patients, going home, and you're done. But as we're going to find out in this episode, there is a world of other projects, specialties, roles that emergency physicians can play. And so we're going to really dive into some of those in a new series called What I Want to Be When I Grow Up. The EM Stud Podcast does not guarantee, assure, or promise that you will go on to match an emergency medicine residency or become a stud. It is not a replacement for determination, hard work, and just flat out working your tail off. Results may vary. In fact, this podcast itself will not make you a stud, and you may just end up meeting in expectations. Regardless, we hope you enjoy. I've got one of my my favorite buddies here, a great friend, colleague, one of our former residents, actually. I've got the wonderful, the beautiful, the fellow trophy husband, Kyle Marshall. Kyle, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. Excited to be here. Outstanding. So I have to brag on Kyle here. He's He's been one of our stud residents for a long time. He was chief resident, and then we have been fortunate enough to steal a, a year of his life, basically, as one of our fellow faculty here at our residency program at Scott and & White. And uh, Kyle also, I think one of your other cool things is we're, we're both trophy husbands, right? That's right, Scott. I model after you. Oh, man. This is... What a great life we have. Both of our wives are doctors. We just kind of sit in the office and we kind of podcast. We drink coffee, discuss the best beer of the day. It's kind of a good deal. Can't beat it. It's great. So, Kyle, tell us a little bit more on your your backstory and where you kind of came from and where you're headed. Sure, Scott. Well, I was born in Texas. I went to med school in San Antonio, as did you, Um, and then went to residency here and finished a year or so ago. Stayed on his staff, and my wife is finishing up her OB residency And during residency, really found that I was um, interested and intrigued by electronic health record and what clinical informatics is. So we're going to dive into that here shortly. But um, coming up in July, I'm starting a clinical informatics fellowship at Geisinger in Pennsylvania. That's uh, way northeast Texas, right? Out by Dallas? That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Favorite part of the republic. Yeah, so Kyle, what is this uh, What is this informatics thing, really? Tell me what that is, because you told me this a long time ago, and I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, most people think it's just, you know, playing games on the computer or, uh, you know, playing solitaire. Um, it's a lot more than that, and it's really um, a growing field, not only in medicine, but as technology um, becomes such an um, important part of everything we do, especially in medicine. And clinical informatics is really trying to organize that push. And it's really transforming healthcare um, by using not only electronic health record, but any kind of technology to analyze, design, implement, evaluate, and then improve upon communication systems between patients and between providers with the ultimate goal of improving that patient care, enhancing access to care, 
um, and improving population health as well. So, Cal, why is informatics so important? I mean, you, are, you just, are you just the guy that's sending out emails every day and making hard stops and, like, nighttime resets for the computers, or is it more than that? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more than that. And as I mentioned, uh, it's a really um, growing field. There have been clinical informaticians um, for a long time. but Informaticians? Informaticians, yeah, that's that a big word. Off. Try to say that nice uh, three wow. or four times fast. But Wow. It's important because as we continue to change um, healthcare, it's moving away from um, a fee for service and it's moving more towards quality-based care. And that's one of the main goals of informatics is trying to improve that quality that we're providing to our patients, decreasing the cost and increasing the efficiency. So as we're all mandated to start using electronic health records, clinical Clinically trained physicians are a huge benefit in improving how we interact with that EHR. You know, instead of just having a, a software engineer, someone who's never seen a patient, try to dictate how you're going to use the electronic health system and how you're going to do this. Instead, having a physician who has been clinically trained as well as knows the technical side of it is really a huge benefit, I think, into how we're going to interact daily with, with technology. Yeah, I mean, you can really tell that whoever it was that was the lead team of some of these EHRs may not have had a very proximal relationship to patients, or if it was, you know, it was a long time ago. I, I still wish we could like summon back the ghost of Steve Jobs and have him go to medical school and be a doctor and then make an EHR. I mean, that'd be ideal for me. Oh, yeah, it would be amazing. I think having Apple or Google or you know maybe even Microsoft, but having a big company like that that has the resources to um, invest in design um, and quality, I think, would, would have a huge um, change on what the electronic health record looks like. So, Kyle, you're going to be doing this informatics fellowship. So tell us more kind of what that's about and what it looks like, if you could. Sure, definitely. So informatics is definitely not just um, unique or um, related just to physicians. Anyone can be a clinical informatician. So there's nurse informaticians, there's pharmacy informaticians. It's really using technology in whatever field you're in to improve how you interact with it. So the fellowship, it's two years. Um, I'm going up to Danville Geisinger Health System in Pennsylvania. Um, and it's a mix of a couple of different things. One is all informaticians still remain clinically active. And I think that's a, a big key because you can't dictate how other people are going to use it unless you two are using it and active in the technology that you're working on to improve. So that's one aspect of it. The second aspect of it is taking some graduate level courses um, in a little bit more of the um, deep kind of, you know, um, not necessarily programming side of things, but um, getting a better handle on the technical side of things. And then the third aspect will be working um, on projects with the um, team there, um, working on the electronic health record and working with them on specific projects that they're they're doing. Cool. And is uh, is there some kind of board or certification? What do you do? Is this just something you say I'm interested in on a resume? How does that all work? So there is a board for clinical informatics for physicians. Um, in 2013, ACGME approved it as a board certified specialty, and shortly thereafter, there started to be um, ACGME approved clinical informatic fellowship programs. Before that, there were some through the National Library of Medicine and the National Institutes of Health, and that was a little bit more of the research-geared um, informatics. These new ACGME fellowships are uh, more geared towards the clinical side of things and producing physician leaders, which are 
leaders in not only their clinical field, but also in the field of informatics. Gotcha. Now, do you have to be a doctor? Could you be a nurse, a middle-level provider? Could you be an anesthesiologist? I mean, who can really kind of do these things? Sure, yeah. So for these ACGME-approved clinical informatic fellowships, these are designed specifically for physicians, um, but you can be uh, you can go to these fellowships from any background, so emergency medicine, anesthesiology, um, OB. I met all these people doing interviews, um, residents from all these fields. So you can get into it from any physician field. There's also a lot of other resources for uh, nurse informaticians and pharmacy informaticians as well. Um, but these ACGME programs are specifically for physicians. Cool. So if somebody wants to learn more about this, obviously they can listen to this podcast, but are there journals they can check out or organizations or how do you get more info on this stuff uh, if we're not all up to date like you are? Absolutely. The biggest um, organization for physicians as well as for other um, clinical informaticians, nurses and pharmacists is the American Medical Informatics Association, AMIA, A-M-I-A. And it's got a lot of great information and resources. That's where I really learned the most about what clinical informatics is. They've got a list of the ACGME fellowships on there with links and contact information for each of those as well. There's also a little bit larger one called the International Medical Informatics Association. Um, but really, AMIA, I think, is the biggest resource um, for physicians as well as non-physicians. And they have a journal that they publish called JAMIA, the Journal, journal of American Medical Informatics Association. And I think it's probably the most well-known in this field, but there's certainly some other ones as well. There's an applied clinical informatics journal um, that all those provide great information uh, about what's hot in the field and what people are doing. Gotcha. Are there any kind of hot issues that have come up that you have an interest in as we're moving forward here? Some journal articles maybe or some interesting informatician That's type right. things? Yeah, so that one of the big areas right now, um, if you read through the journal articles, one of the hot topics is um, clinical decision support. So trying to find ways for the electronic health record to help you make decisions, to know what you're looking for um, in a patient and um, trying to take the chief complaint and some of the documentation that you're putting in there and to support your decision making by suggesting either certain labs or tests or documentation to add into the chart. So that's really a hot topic and there's a lot of research being done into that. Um, some of my interests are a little bit more towards some of the usability side of things um, in user design. I think there's a lot of room for improvements in that. We were talking about Apple earlier, and if they could make an electronic health record, you know, I think the usability side of it would be spot on. So I think there's a lot of room for improvements, and um, that's what kind of gets me excited about this field, is how do we make it work better for the end user so that when they're in a busy ED shift and they're seeing patients, how do they get the most out of the electronic health record, and how do they improve patient care um, around that topic? Cool. So what, what, uh, what really got you interested in this? Was there a, a moment or an experience or a story that really said, you know what, I think this is something I want to pursue? Yeah, definitely. So I was lucky enough, I say lucky enough, some people may not agree, but I was lucky enough to be here at um, Baylor Scott & White when we went live with Epic um, a little over a year and a half ago now, I guess. And I think it was a great um, experience to be a part of. We transitioned from you know multiple different electronic health records, kind of unique to each department, um, to one. We're all under Epic now. And uh, being a part of that and seeing a side of medicine that I hadn't seen before is really what piqued my interest um, and realized that, you know, 
using the electronic health record, you can really make a big impact on patient care and even population health as well as you collect all the data that now is um, aggregated on all of these patients. You can start to see trends in patient health and you can start to um, find ways to improve the population around you, not just one particular patient. Yeah, I think at our staff meeting, which we just got done with today, it was kind of cool because there was a big debate about maybe we should change our shift times and expand or contract in for different days. And, you know, we were talking about, gosh, it'd be nice to have some numbers. And within about, I think it was 8.2 seconds, <laughs> Kyle popped up with his graph and it's like, yeah, here you go. Here's the data right there, boys. And it was one of those really helpful things that really aided in the discussion and gave some objectivity to the conversation. So it was really a help today. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I get excited about that as well, you know, Excel and numbers, uh, a little bit nerdy like that. But that's one aspect of clinical informatics is taking all that data and then doing something useful with it to improve not just the patient care, but um, provider experience as well, provider satisfaction, and making it better for everyone. So how did you really like nerd out in this and work through that transition with Epic? What role did you play exactly? Give me some real granular ideas on what you did personally that we can take home. Sure, definitely. So in our previous EHR in the emergency department, before we went to Epic, um, there was a really great workflow. Um, providers, um, both physicians and nurses, they come in, they grab a phone for the department, and they, they logged into the EHR, and they put their phone number on there. So it was really easy to have a list of all the people logged into the department and have their numbers. So it was really easy to get a hold of people when you need to take care of something quickly for a patient. Well, we went to Epic and this workflow really hadn't been thought through. So, you know, the first couple of weeks, it was um, very difficult. People would come and get their phone, but there was no place to, to list those. So it was very difficult for physicians to get a hold of nurses and for nurses to get a hold of residents. And then I think it really affected patient care just because you had to try to track down the person instead of giving them a call on the phone. So. What I designed was a different way to sign into the um, department, into um, the emergency department of Epic. And it listed you know, your name and your supervisor, but we also made a new box there for the phone number as well so that you could put in your phone number and then there was one list where you could go to see all the providers and hover over their name and see the phone number that was listed for them. So it's a really small change, but you know the basis of it was analyzing what worked for us previously, analyzing the current workflow, um, trying to design a new workflow and then implementing that and then um, continuing it to make sure that it's doing what we wanted it to do. Great. What about some other ideas on maybe future projects or goals or some visions that you have for uh, what informatics can do for us in the future? Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that gets me really excited is about interoperability. So you know, as all these different hospitals and um, healthcare organizations have electronic health records, a lot of them may have the same one. And sometimes it's easy to communicate if you're using the same electronic health record, but um, we've got to find a way to improve interoperability and sharing of data. Um, if we want to cut down on the cost of healthcare, we've got to reduce the dupl duplicate amount of work that's being done, um, tests and labs and imaging and things like that. So. I'm excited. There's a lot of um, work and um, research that's going into that and of how to improve interoperability and how do we improve communication between two systems that are built completely differently. And it's something that I definitely want to continue to explore and work on during my fellowship. So Kyle, let's say that I'm maybe a medical student listening to this or a nurse or 
resident, what is there to do about getting more involved or dipping my toes in if I want to kind of get more involved in some of these projects in informatics and I might want to be an informatician? Yep, that's right. Absolutely. Well, it depends exactly where you're at. You know, certainly big, bigger healthcare organizations are going to have um, separate teams that are dedicated to informatics and improving that. So trying to get plugged in um, with them or with what they call a physician champion. So that's usually a, a physician that works mostly clinically but is also involved, whether it's just on committees or kind of consulting with the informatics team. They would really be a great person to start with just because they're um, going to be um, exposed clinically as well as on the informatics side of things. Um, some places may have some student interest groups. I think they're certainly going to become more popular as informatics continues to grow. So look for those. Um, some places may also have some rotations that you can do as an elective, whether you're a medical student or a resident. Um, so that would also be another great opportunity um, to get involved as well. That's great. And Dr. Marshall's been really kind. He offered up this opportunity. So why don't you pitch this to us uh, in your idea? Because I think it's fantastic. I think this is a good way to get people interested in informatics and also maybe win a prize. Sounds good. What do you got? Yeah, absolutely. So I think clinical informatics can really be a solution to a lot of problems that we encounter um, working clinically. So this was based off of a real life experience that we had here at our hospital. Um, all of our Telemetry patients are monitored in a remote setting, so they're all hooked up to the cardiac and O2 monitor, and those monitors are all um, visualized and monitored by a team that is separate from where the patient is actually located. So whenever a code blue is called because the monitor is displaying that, or whenever there's a, a rapid call on a patient, it's all called remotely, not from where the patient's located at. So. This particular patient had on the cardiac monitor, they had gone down to a CT scan that was on a separate floor from where their bed is located at, and the monitor goes into um, an abnormal rhythm, and a code blue is called from the remote monitoring unit. And the entire code team, you know, the ICU physicians and fellows and the nurses, they all respond to the patient's room because that's where um, the remote team has been um, monitoring and ID'd where the patient was at. And they get there and the room's completely empty and it takes a while for them to realize where the patient's located at and to get down to the CT scanner um, and then just start the code there. So I think informatics um, can provide a solution for this. So what I'd like to have the listeners do is just provide solutions. I'd like for you to kind of analyze what the problem is, design a potential solution, and talk about how you might implement that and how you might evaluate um, its efficiency. So go ahead and post your solution um, to the comment section there, and uh, Scott and I will take a look at the submissions, and we'll send a little small prize to the winner that we pick. Sound good? Man, that's very generous, Kyle. That's awesome. So again, to reach us, you're going to go to www.cdemcurriculum.com. That's Clerkship Directors in Emergency Medicine Curriculum.com. From there, you'll go to the student podcast section, and under the section under this title, which is What I Want to Be When I Grow Up, Informatician, you can go ahead and enter in your comments there, and uh, we'll give them maybe like a month, and then we'll pick the best winner, and yeah. you will get the special prize by Dr. Marshall. Awesome. Yeah, I look forward to seeing people's responses. So Kyle, when you really grow up and you're done with your fellowship, uh, what are some potential jobs or roles, uh, responsibilities you're looking for? Like what's your vision 10 years out? Absolutely. Well, for me personally, 
I still love emergency medicine, so I still want to be involved clinically. I'm still seeing patients. And I think, you know, to truly be a good clinical informatician, I think being clinically active is important because then you're using the technology that the end user is using and you understand um, what their requests and their needs are. So for me, definitely being clinically active is still going to be a component of that. I've really enjoyed um, being here at this academic facility this past year, working with the residents and the medical students. So I think continuing to work in an academic facility will be in my future as well. And then um, third, you know, the largest component and what I'm going to the fellowship for is to be a clinical informatician. So working in a large healthcare organization and um, trying to improve, um, you know, most likely electronic health record, but the other technology tools that we're using as well. However, the options are really endless. I mean, you can go from just being a physician champion who, you know, straight works clinically, but um, provides some input to different committees as far as informatics related topics. Um, you could be, you know, a part-time informatician working directly with the teams that are building the EHR and working clinically. You could be involved um, with research and doing more on that side of things. There's also a lot of industry options as well. If you want to be consultants to the electronic health record directly, um, or if you want to be an entrepreneur and start up, you know, a new business of your own, that's definitely an option as well. And within kind of a medical, you know, healthcare organization, I think the top of the clinical informatics ladder is probably a chief medical informatics officer. So kind of a C-suite level job, but really overseeing all aspects of implementation and optimization and population health um, of what the EHR is providing. Sounds good. So Kyle, if anybody has any questions, they can obviously reach you on the comment section of the website, but do you have a Twitter handle or email that they can reach you at? Definitely. Um, email is probably the best for me, but it's M-A-R-S-H-A-L-K at gmail.com. I'd love to answer any questions or just chat with you more about informatics. Well, cool. There you have it, folks. We've got Dr. Kyle Marshall, trophy husband, father, amazing physician, and future informatician? Informatician, you got it. I think I got it. Well, guys, I hope this has become a regular podcast for you that you've enjoyed, that's encouraged you, that's challenged you, and maybe you will find out what you want to do when you grow up. We'll catch you soon in the next edition of EM Stud Podcast. This is Scott Weeder's EM Coach, signing off.